Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back. Episode 19 of the 1973 podcast. As you can see, I'm pulling a Ted DiBiase. I'm vacationing at my summer home in Hyena Sport. <laughs> <laughs> throwing it old school for you old school wrestling fans. If you get the joke, you do. If you don't, you know, we shouldn't be watching this podcast. So I'd like to start off by introducing, as always, the best tag team in the podcast in business, Tom Ed. Hey, Tom, we got to talk about the shirt before we get into emails. Got to talk about the shirt. We're gonna be we're gonna be selling those shirts pretty soon, so keep your eye out. Chris, Chris from North Carolina inspired me to embrace the suck in my sucky picks. <laughs> so you know, this is for you, Chris. I love it. We love it. That, that's that's what it's all about. It's all about putting smiles on faces and getting a little chuckle here and there. So. Uh, we're going to start off with what we usually start off with this week's email. It's going to probably go into a bigger topic. So, Ed, read it. All right, here we go. This is from Derek from Buffalo, New York. Derek, thanks for sending in the email first and foremost. Thank you very much, everybody that sends in emails. We do appreciate it. We will get to them. So please keep them coming. Uh, hey, 1973 pod, you guys need to talk about why my favorite player, Alex McGillany, is snubbed again for the Hall of Fame. Boris? Tom, you want to start with a little? Uh, let's 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 get some heavy-handed uh, comments on this old hockey hall of fame. They seem to go the route of WWE now, where they have to have certain criterias and cert- they have to meet a certain standard every year, which to me doesn't doesn't make you a hall of famer just because you have to. They have to pick, and I know I I have a daughter that plays hockey. Nothing against the women that play hockey, but if you don't deserve to go in before somebody else, you should not take a spot from. A legit Hall of Famer. That's my two cents. But let's 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 do a deep dive into this. Take it, Tom. I for one, I, I agree with the, uh, the the criteria for what they do. Just doesn't make sense. Is it? It seems like they're going for more like team achievements, where you have to have a Stanley, not have to have a Stanley Cup, but majority majority of the people in the cut in there have a cup. It doesn't make sense with McGillney. I mean, the guy's got everything. He's got uh, he's played nine hundred ninety games. He's got 473 goals, 559 assists for uh, 1,032 points, and he's a plus 81, and he's got a cup. I just don't understand that. I don't know if it's a, a Russian bias. I really I, – I don't know what it is, but he's, he should be in. I mean, and there, it's, it's not just him. There are a, a bunch of people that have been held out and snubbed. Okay, before we, before we go too far, Ed, give me your thoughts on Mulgilney. I mean, look, he, he, you know, he was one of those guys that he really, when he touched the puck, I mean, man, he brought excitement to the game. You know, I mean, like, you knew, okay, when that dude touched the, the puck, man, something special was going to happen. And, to, you know, to piggyback on a Tom's points, I mean, he is a member of the Thousand Point Club, and he is fourth all-time uh, as amongst, among Russians for points. So the thing about it is, is that the man played for a long time, he, and, and if you are using the you know, the the um, the marker of a Stanley Cup, he does have that one too. So, you know, the thing about it is, is that, and to circle back to your point, Andy, I, like, here's the thing, like, I look, I mean, my feelings about Title IX, I think that, you know, it's, it, I, it's and it, for people that don't know what Title IX is, that's actually making sure that intercollegiate sports have the same percentage of women that have on scholarship and everything like that as men at a university. So, that receives government funding. So I'm all about that. But the thing about it is, is that you're you're bringing in these 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 women, and you're cutting out these guys that certainly deserve to be in the Stanley Cup. 
I'm not in the Stanley Cup in the in the Hall of Fame, and I don't understand that. I mean, if you let, let's get let's get the correct amount of men in there, and let's also induct these women in there. I mean, you know, it's not like you know that you have to like put on this whole brand new wing of you know every time you add on players. I mean, I, I so I don't understand the thought process behind it. You know, I think that you know for him, I mean, he really truly changed the game. I mean, back in those you know the early you know late eighties, early nineties with those Buffalo teams. I mean. He was badass. Andy? Uh, the thing about Mulgilney that's awesome is he was the first one to defect. He was the he was the guy that secretly they smuggled him out of the world juniors. You know, it, it was it, it it was cloak and dagger stuff to get him here. And he was the first one to do it. So if it wasn't for him doing it, none of the other guys would have been able to do it. So it just blows my mind how there's a standard where they're heavy with, with certain things and not heavy with other certain things. Look at look at Bill Clement. I love the guy. Love him, love him, love him. Not a, a NHL Hall of Famer, but he got in as an announcer because he was great. Gary Thorne, Bill Clement. But you know what I mean? What more can you ask for? He was a, he was a staple. Those two guys were were awesome. So he deserve if they put him in like that, deservingly so. But he shouldn't. Guys like that shouldn't take a spot or, or certain gals shouldn't take a spot from somebody that deserves it. Look at Sergey Gonchar. He's not in the Hall of Fame. If you look at, if you put him, if you pull up his stats, he's the only guy above him and below him. If like, he's got better numbers than I think Chris Pronger and Pronger's in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know what it is. If it's a bias, you know, towards certain guys because there's stories about him that we don't know whether they were pains in the ass behind the scenes. I don't know if they get in the Jim Rice type treatment, but I, I, I don't get the whole deal where, you know, if, if these guys end in the hall of fame, why can't we know, you know, full disclosure, if the guy was a you know, crackhead, then whatever, say it, but don't leave yeah. people thinking that it's a fast to be in the hall of fame because it's a, it's, it's pro Canada or, you know what I mean? You, you look at the list of guys that have hall of fame numbers compared to guys that are in the hall of fame. And three of them are flyers, and it's Brian Prop, John Van Beesbrook, Brad McCrinnan. They have all Hall of Fame numbers that guys are in with the exact same numbers. They're not in. Gonchar's not in. Uh, Keith Kachuk's not in. Ronick's not in. You, you know why he's not in? Because he's got like the Jim Rice type, you know, personality. Yeah, he's. They don't want him in because of things that he said or whatever. I just ran into him recently at a signing. And when he went to sign my Blackhawks jersey, he said, well, I'm going to leave it for Hall of Fame next year. And I, I'm like, oh, well, he must know something that we don't. Well, guess again, snubbed. He must have thought he was going in, but Tom Barrasso is going in, though. They, I, I don't I don't get that. I really I don't even think Vernon should be in if over guys like Van Beesbrook and even Cujo. Cujo's stats are better than uh, Vernon and Barrasso, to be honest with you. The only thing he doesn't have is a cup. Right, right. It, it's crazy. It, it's but, absolutely crazy. Go ahead, Ed. Well, I'm going to say this. It's like, here's the thing. Like, you know, like we, we, we talk about these guys, you know, that are great hockey players, football players, baseball players and stuff like that. And to put these guys up on a pedestal and make them out to be like they, that these deities, like it, you can't do that. I mean, they're human beings. They make mistakes. And, and you know, to your point about, you know, being a, being a you know, being a pain in the ass behind the scenes. Look, if you've never been around pro sports or been around something like that, these guys are commodities and they know it. 
like these guys are they know that they they have a certain amount of time and the thing about it is it's like look there have been many many times that management screws over these guys and they window dress it i mean we don't have to go that far you know with the nfl to you know look and i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but like there's a lot of guys that are out there that the way that they were treated and stuff like that and to the vice versa there's a lot of times where clubs have tried to help these guys and they don't help themselves. So, I mean, there's two sides to every story somewhere, probably in the middle of their, their lives, the truth. But the thing about this is that the hall of fame is, is he a great hockey player or is she a great hockey player or not? Period. You know, if there is a backstory to it, fine. That's okay. Look, I mean, there's certain, there are certain things that I would say that would definitely, um, you know, not allow you to be in the hall of fame. One being, you know, betting on sports, I think that that kind of really kind of crosses the line or some sort of, you know, pedophilia type thing, you know, or some sort of like murder slash rape charge. Like those would be kind of like the exceptions. Look, we didn't, you know, for, for the three of us, we grew up, we we're kind of ch children of the eighties. You know, our parents used to drive around, have one for the road with a roadie between their legs. You know, I mean, the eighties, you know, studio 54, everybody's, you know, doing bumps of lines off of, off of toilet seats. So, I mean, People in the 80s were not exactly like, uh, you know, holding hands and singing Kumbaya, you know? Yep. Tom, uh, any thoughts on this year's Hall of Fame class as a whole? I had no problem with who they put in. Well, I did have a problem. I mean, I think who got in deserved it, except for I don't think both Vernon and Barasa should have gotten in, especially in the same year. I just – their numbers – I'm. The voters have to be more consistent with their selections and how they, their criteria for how they're doing it, because it seems like it changes every year. I mean, it seems this year they wanted guys with cups. Well, Barrasso, if he wasn't with Pittsburgh, with those dominant Pittsburgh teams, he more than likely wouldn't have won the cup. I mean, he more than likely would. I mean, he did have that. He did win the Vesner, I believe. And but I mean, I just don't think he had a Hall of Fame career or ahead of some of the guys that haven't been in. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not very happy with the, the criteria they use. So the funny Tom Barrasso story that is uh, when he came into the league, he was, uh, he was with Buffalo and on his mask on the back of it, he had AW and somebody asked him what the AW was on the back of his uh, mask. And he said, all world. Yeah. <laughs> and when uh, Darren Poopa took over, when he left, he put AU on the back of his helmet at, to spite him. And when somebody asked, what does the AU mean? He said, all universe. So <laughs> it's, it's just it's a, stories within stories that, you know, if you didn't hear it, you you never hear that stuff. So Darren Pooper is definitely not a Hall of Fame about who who knows. Ten years from now, he could be, the, you know, the bee's knees and, and get in. So who uh, who knows? I It's uh, it, the Hall of Fame is so all over the place, and it's like that with every sport, too. It's like uh, it, it becomes very charitable after a while. So um, with that being said, uh, let's uh, move on. Let's let's uh, Before we get going with some, some wrestling talk, we're going to talk Dark Side of the Ring. Um, we're on the cusp of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view tonight, and I want to know, I want it on record, why you two guys aren't interested in the Forbidden Door pay-per-view? Go ahead. Say it like it is. I'm not going to lie. I'm not paying money for it. <laughs> I'm not spending whatever it is, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. I mean, the, the pay-per-view prices are ridiculous now. Ed, thoughts on Forbidden Door? New Japan Pro Wrestling versus AEW? 
first and foremost, why am I, why why would I pay for something I can watch during the week? I mean, the thing about it is, is that you know they for over the last past year and a half, AEW has consistently put great product on on a Wednesday night. They've put they've put their super they put their superstars out there, and you know with table matches, ladder matches, steel cage matches, almost like uh what, what was it uh. What was the Andy uh, War Games? Yeah, oh yeah, I mean they put these they put these things on regular TV and national TV. Why why am I gonna pay fifty bucks to watch watch something that, quite frankly, the stuff on Wednesday nights is is sometimes better. And the thing about it is, is that look, and we've talked about this many many times. I mean, you know, it like let me fix war these games, jerseys while you're talking. Yeah, I mean these war these war games. You know, I mean like. That should be something that you build. That should be a three or you know two, three, four month build to them. You know why am I gonna why am I gonna pay for a pay per view that like I mean, you know Dustin Rhodes that time I mean lit the table on fire and his last his last match and got suplexed onto the table. That that, that that's a pay per view match, right? You know like you know coffin match that that should be pay per view. You know, so that's my take, man. I, you know I, I mean look, go ahead. I think those matches too. Anything with a with a gimmick in it is should be a blow off match. You build to stuff like that. You build a, cres- a crescendo to where you're going with the story, and then with those gimmick matches like that. Um, I know this was a forbidden door question, but those gimmick matches, it, it's a blow off. One one wins, but whoever loses still stays hot to go on to wherever they're going next. That's kind of how it. It works, and when you, you get you got five hours now of TV of AEW, and it, it's it's tough now. They're splitting the show with uh, Punk's crew is on one show, and then the, the Bucks crew is on the other show, and it's like, it, you know, you're you're making millions of dollars here. Let's let's get on the same page. If you don't like somebody, that's that's how it is. Not everybody's going to get along. So, and it's wrestling. It it's not ballet. It stuff's going to happen. Tension is good. Yeah, tension is great. Tension yeah, is really friction. good. Yep. That, I mean, it. controversy creates cash sometimes. That's, uh, I think that's Bischoff's book. But, you know, that's that's just how it goes. Uh, Tom, thoughts on, you know, that the whole AEW fiasco with Forbidden Door? I I totally agree with what you just said. And what I forgot who it was. It was either Kevin Nash or Scott Hall used to say, it doesn't matter if you get along with the guy, if you're both going to make money out of the deal, you got to do business. It's just good business. So it's just, these guys need to put that stuff aside and do business with one another, because that is a match that people would want to see is that those punks crew and, and the uh, young bucks crew and Omega. I mean, that is something I think fans would all want to see. And I I think it's probably their best they're their most like money match right now that they could do. I think they should save it if they're gonna do it for Wembley Stadium. They, you know yeah. that that uh, what is it uh, is it all in? Is that the yes. one that or all out one of them? I, yeah. But uh, you know that's they gotta fill that stadium somehow, and they gotta do it with some kind of thing. And you know uh, are there gonna be surprises tonight? Is Sasha Banks gonna show up? Is Drew McIntyre gonna show up? There's, there's things I heard that uh. The partner for uh, Sting and Darby Allen is uh, is it John Morrison? Is no, that- it's uh, they announced it last night. I think it's gonna be uh, Naito. Oh, Japanese okay. Wrestler. Okay. Oh, they he, couldn't. They, they couldn't just um, give you a surprise. 
Morrison is is there. He showed <laughs> up, and he's he's actually with um, QT Marshall's crew. Oh, okay. The curtain jerkus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The curtain jerkus. Johnny <laughs> Television or whatever his name is. Johnny yeah. TV. The uh, <laughs> the thing that's crazy about the Forbidden Door thing is the concept is great, but I don't like the New Japan thing. I, I maybe one match from from there, but you know, you would think that it, it the concept is you know, working with WWE and getting somebody that they're not using and have them come in and do an appearance. And it, the concept would be great, but it's not utilized correctly. So, I mean, it's just, just if that's the case, is it just to get the Japanese wrestlers over in the U.S.? So whatever. Um, with that that being said, let's, let's skip to Dark Side of the Ring. This week, great one. A pure maniac. This guy was uh, definitely unstable. Matt Bourne, definitely issues, problems with almost everybody he worked with. Uh, Ed's favorite character, Big Josh, um, with the uh, axe handle. Uh, he's, he was a big fan in the early 90s. Uh, I, I know it. Firebreaker Chip and uh, those guys, that was Ed's WCW right there. So thoughts on uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Ed? You know, I mean... I, I honestly didn't I didn't watch it. I mean I, I watched the Eddie Graham stuff and I thought that that was pretty good. So you know I don't I don't really have a lot to talk about this other one to be honest with you. Yeah, the uh, I thought there were some interesting things that I uh, I mean it's again it's like back in the eighties with that those poor guys that you see more and more of those guys were all involved in drugs, hard drugs, and it's the travel schedule is probably the majority of, I mean, working 200, 300 days a year, those guys had to do something to get by and they got hooked on all that stuff. And he, he was a mess from what they were talking about in that thing. I mean, he, he was certainly on everything and they say he probably didn't do a match clean. I mean, that's, that's scary that, and it's a miracle that nobody got hurt while he was, while they were in the ring with him. The uh, story about Matt Bourne that I always heard, and I cannot believe that they did not touch on it, especially after the Grizzly Smith stuff, was when he was in, I'm not sure if it was Georgia or Mid-Atlantic, he ended up getting, having to leave there because he got an underage girl pregnant. Mm -hmm. And there was a, it, at the time, it was like a huge thing. And I don't know if it was, uh, uh, I don't know why they didn't touch on it because, you know, it, it is called Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, but there is a story there. I, I've seen it on YouTube a few times. Um, I don't know if Ole Anderson tells the story where he had to send him packing quick because people were looking for him or something like that. But to their discredit, if they covered that up and they just shushed him away, I know it's not their problem, but they got rid of him. Uh, he should have, they probably should have pressed charges for that or whatever. What He should have face some kind of penalty for that but uh he seemed like uh you know that uh the gimmick it just kind of fit that whole doink thing huh kind of uh, he was like a good fit for that and uh, i didn't even realize how uh steve kern was the first guy to fill in for him uh one of one of the uh characters that steve kern really never really talks about you think steve kern wwe you always think skinner you never think doink mm -hmm. but uh you know Thoughts on that character, Tom? Were you did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, I I didn't mind it. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. And I mean, he the guy could work. He did a lot of work. I mean, he was a good worker, and he I mean, he made everything he he could work. I mean, it was uh, it was it was interesting. And then with a few other things with Doink is 
The guy, he didn't make sense when they said he hated the character, but yet he went out and bought a bathtub and put Doink on the side of the bathtub. And I mean, it just, he didn't like the character, but he liked the money that came in with it, I guess. I mean, it's just, he, he wanted both, he wanted his cake and he wanted to eat it too, I guess you'd say. It's just, I don't know. I, I got a bad taste in my mouth from him. It was a very, I felt bad for his family, his, his, his ex-wife and his kids. I mean, that, that was tough to watch. It's funny when you watch those, it seems like the the spouses or the ex-wives are always the ones that have the best stories about the guys that, that nobody really knows. And it seems like if they were genuinely nice guys, they still really like them, you know, even after the fact. But it seems like the ones that are dirtbags, it's just right, you know, it just carries through pretty much that their whole time. So, um, you know, he had that, he was at WrestleMania 1, fought Steamboat. Couldn't, couldn't, you know, stay off whatever he was on. And, you know, always seemed like a troublemaker, that that Brian Blair story where he, like, fought him three times in the bar. And it always seems like when Brian Blair tells the story, he always seems like the guy that if anybody was ever going to try to pick on, it was always Brian Blair for some reason. Seems like a, just maybe because he was a smaller guy at the time, uh, you know, just quiet. They seemed like that, that was the guy everybody always screwed around with. So it seems like that's, that's the guy that always had to defend himself all the time. So they credit credit to him for uh, you know kicking his ass three times in one night. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, next week, junkyard dog. That should be a good one. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, good good story about him. Uh, you know, had had uh, mega popularity. You know, probably had it was like the black dusty roads kind of. Uh, but just couldn't stay off the, the crack and all that stuff. And, you know, at the end, the way that he died in a car accident, killed by a, a drunk driver while he was sober. Crazy. It's just it's just a crazy story. Uh, so it should be good. That's next week. Um, uh, so, Tom, want to hit us with, uh, you know, you're sponsored by your shirt. So let's 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 do this some justice. I wish I had theme music to play before. You know, da, 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 da. <laughs> the world class theme music. <laughs> All uh, right. Yep. Let's get ready to embrace the suck, people. Tom shitty picks. That's gonna ah, be Tom me. shitty picks. Write that Tom down. Write that down. It's Tom <laughs> shitty picks. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> I want to say that last week I nailed it with Juan Soto. He had 31 points going into uh, actually last night and today. I didn't. Get, I don't know what he did last night, but he had 31 points. He had three home runs and six RBIs. I nailed it with him. Uh, this week I'm bleeding Dodger blue, and both my picks are Dodger players. I'm going with Freddie Freeman uh, as my hitter. They're playing on the road for both series. He's playing in Colorado, and he's playing against Kansas City. I think he's going to rack the ball. He's going to smit. I mean, Colorado gave up 25 runs last night to Anaheim. So, I mean, I think he's going to have a huge night. And my pitcher of the week is going to be Clayton Kershaw. He's pitching two uh, two games this week. One's against Colorado. One's against Kansas City. Both are weak lineups. I think uh, he's going to go get at least – well, not at least. He's going to get two wins, I, I'd say. I guess I would think – Somewhere between twenty points for him for the week. So great picks for the week. Not shitty picks. Not shitty luck. picks. No shitty picks. So every we're gonna start selling those shirts, and all the proceeds are gonna go to Tom to help him buy fantasy uh, books. 
yes. for a season. Yeah, he's gonna. That's what it's gonna go for. Buy, buy my ESPN Plus uh, uh, subscription. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll go to a good uh, good cause. It's called uh, We're Poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tired of couch fishing. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's let's do a quick couple shout outs. Ed, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, do you have any shout outs this week that you want to mention? I do. I do. It's kind of a sad one. I uh, just want to let you know that uh, yesterday we lost a good one. Uh, a guy named John McDougal. I trained with him quite a bit down here. Um, not sure quite all the details um, of what happened, but uh, he was out on a bike ride and uh, he didn't make it. Um, so he's a good human, uh, good guy. Always, uh, you know, ha- always had tremendous amount of respect for people that strapped on the skates and the axe. You know, he always was like, man, he's like, I don't know how you guys ever did it, man. He's like, and uh, just a good human being and always really kind of, you know, tried to make, the, I'd say he always made you feel good when you had a conversation with him. And always tried to make his his community better, and uh, so very sad passing from yesterday. So um, just uh, you know, let us let his family know that we're thinking about him. So uh, you said that he was fifty two, also Ed, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I just like to bring certain things up because it it is our age demographic. Uh, these guys that we we know, um, you know, that pass away, it's it's tough. So. Uh, that, that's kind of what, um, not to get sentimental, but that's kind of why we do this podcast. We, we try to keep everybody together, people that, you know, maybe watch it that we haven't seen or, or, you know, they watch it on the down low and, and, you know, we, we know a lot of, a lot of people struggling right now at, uh, you know, the 50 plus mark. And, uh, you know, we just want to let you know that we're in the, we're in the same boat. We're in that demographic and we're just here to, you know, Maybe give you a chuckle for a half an hour and, and put some smiles on faces. So, Tom, how about some shout outs this week? Uh, I've got a quick shout out, and it's another fairly sad one. Uh, it was, I want to give a shout out to the Richardson family uh, Carol, Seth, Peter, and uh, Katie. Uh, they lost their father. Uh, we called him Pastor Bob, uh, Bob Richardson, and we had the memorial service yesterday for him. And it was a great day celebrating his life and heard a lot of great stories. And I just want to let them know I'm thinking of them. And um, I just want to give a quick shout out to somebody else we know that passed away, not directly, but uh, uh, our buddy Tim, uh, his brother Mike passed away recently. And uh, it was it was sudden. He was, uh, I believe he was 52, 53. So, uh, Tim, if you see this, I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't go uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. And, and it's just. It's tough to put it in words when when people pass and you don't know what the right thing to do is sometimes. So you always try to, you know, smiles sometimes are probably the best medicine. And, and you know, it's not suppressing anything or not not acknowledging that people pass. It's just trying to get through it and, uh, you know, hoping for the best. So speaking of the best, we're going to go with Tom with his CD picks of the week. And Tom, what do you got this week? This week, I'm going with some Southern Rock, and I'm going to go with the Black Crows, Shake Your Moneymaker. Uh, it was released in 1990, and it was named, which I didn't know, it was named after Nelmore James' song, which I never knew. And uh, so I learned that looking this up this week. And uh, it's got 11 great songs on it. Uh, Jealous Again, Could Have Been So Blind, She Talks to Angels, Thick and Thin. And the one that I didn't realize was an Otis Redding cover, Hard to Handle. Now, 
if if the Robinson brothers could get their stuff together, I mean, they would have had some unbelievable years of uh, albums. I mean, we've seen them live, Andy and I, and they're, they're awesome. They're just an unbelievable show. Yeah, they are a really good show. I remember when that album came out, it was kind of like, it didn't have any a lot of traction, but when Hard to Handle was the first kind of single off of that, it kind of gave them the spotlight, which is still in heavy rotation. There's a lot of real good songs on that. Not my favorite Black Crows album out of the, out of the uh, out of the whole mix, but um, it is a really really good album. I mean, if if you like them, that's the one that I would start with. Uh, seen them live. I think three different times and they're one of those bands that they don't really have a set list. They just kind of play. Um, and as Tom brought it up, the Robinson brothers, are, you know, it's these bands like the kinks and Oasis and the, and they have brothers in the band and they can't get along and blah, 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 blah. I've never seen a, I'll say it all the time. I, I never seen uh, a genre where four guys cannot get on the same page to make millions of dollars. I, I don't get it. it. It's like you tour for just the summer and then call it quits. Like you go out for the summer, take four different tour buses, see each other for three hours or two hours on stage and go your separate ways. At least you'll, you won't regret it years later. Like, you know, it's like when uh, Peter Chris passes away, because uh, he's the oldest one, I'm assuming he'll probably pass away first. Then they'll, they'll praise the guy. You, you got him now. Praise him now while he's alive. It's like these people they put in the Hall of Fame after they pass away. Praise them while they're alive. Make them feel good. Don't don't shun them while they're while they're still with us. That that's that, that's not good human nature. So you know it, it's pumping ties, especially when you're older. There's no skins in the game anymore. Peter Chris isn't going to take Eric Singer's spot. You know that's just an example I'm giving. But you know make make the most of it when you have it because when it when they're gone like the Abbott brothers. Daryl and, and uh, Vinny, it's not the same. It's the same, but it's not the same. So just make the best of it while you have it. That's my public service announcement. Ed, what do you think of the Black Crows? I think they're great, man. Some of those guitar riffs to start those songs off, man, they're great. You know, it, it's like when guys played instruments to play instruments. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, 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 you know, and to, to circle back, like, you know, like to see all these bands with all this dysfunction, it's like, why can't you guys just play? Like, you know, I mean, like you travel on these big convoys from city to city to take your point. Like, look, man, you can hop in three or four different buses. You don't have to be up each other's ass 24-7. But like, they, like, man, these guys really sounded good, you know? And they got a lot of traction. At, like, after a couple of songs started playing, I mean, as we all know, you know, HJY used to put it in the mix every three and a half hours. They play the same song over and over and over again. You know, I mean, we all know that. I mean, I was like, you know, that, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those things. But to, to take your point back about, you know, be kind to the be kind to people that, that when they're here. I think that that's I think that resonates very loud for a lot of different people, you know, and, uh, you know, we're not think, you're not guaranteed every trip around the sun. So, no, you know, like I, and the worst part about the whole thing is I'm not saying that you 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 got to be a pushover in life and not stand your ground. I mean, especially our generation, we put up with bullies. There's no bullies anymore. It's a different kind of thing. But if you don't have that little bit of resistance in your life, it makes the little things seem bigger. Like when you go for a job, if everybody gets a, a ribbon, you're going to be devastated when you don't get a job because they're only taking one. You're not creating yeah. seven. 
that's that's how it is. That's it's lost. And here's a here's a Gen X rant for everybody that thinks Gen X isn't tough. We're the last of the great ones. We are the last ones. We are the last ones. The last ones that are built tough. Nobody yeah. else built tough. And not even we're race tough. Always tough. Whether even if we're you grew up, tough. even if you grew up and you weren't tough, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like mentally strong, common yeah. sense, able to handle a situation. You know, and it's not always a, a verbal altercation or a violent or anything like that. It's able to handle yourself. That's lost. Yep. It's, it's lost with what would you know i don't want to foo-foo anything social media wise but that this platform gives us a chance to say we are the last great generation yeah i, I don't think you guys can uh argue with that one ed no no agreement no disagreement there but think about who our grandparents were they were the greatest generation yeah oh well hey listen if it wasn't for certain people fighting whatever for whatever cause we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So, That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. You you say potato, I say potato. You can't can't argue over. It's the same same thing. So. That's right. Uh, with that being said, we, next week special episode, episode twenty. We're gonna try to get something. Oh, can't believe we're there already. <laughs> we're gonna hopefully we're gonna do something. We'll talk about some stuff. Got the NHL draft coming up. Other things to talk about. Uh, so with that being said, we're gonna sign off for this week. So uh, for Tom, Ed, me, later on, everyone. Yeah. Rest in peace, John. All right. So that's that's it. Yeah. Another, cool. another week in the books, fellas. Yeah. Yep. Send me that. Uh, send me that. Um, just attach it to uh something and send it to yeah. me. Not on my phone. Send it yeah. uh in an email. Okay. You're a hockey hero at Comcast. Yeah. Yeah, okay. send it to that, and uh, I'll put it on a shirt, and we'll uh, we'll put it out okay. there, and then we'll 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 advertise it. Yep, I did this yep. last night. We, me and Kelly, did this last night, and we couldn't get the thing to come out uh, on the shirt, so we had to go out this morning. We got up early this morning, and went to Walmart to buy uh, the, oh, the, uh, temp- the templates. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Peace. I love cool. it, Tom. Ed, Ed, coming home in a couple weeks, right? Yes, sir. All right, the end of yeah. July. Yeah. All right, I'll give well, you the uh, dates. I'll give you the dates and times. I, I want. I wonder how we're gonna do that. The podcast that weekend. That'll be. I'll we'll, do it together. 